Welcome to Heating Up, a podcast about climate change, our dangerous future, and what you can do about it. There you go. Episode 30, Corinne. Just moving right along. Yeah, new week, new us. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. So if this is a podcast you enjoy, please remember to like, subscribe, hit the bell, do... No, that's YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> is that a thing? That's the thing they say on YouTube. Notification? Yeah, what I've is seen, that? Subscribe? Yeah, like you get notified. Is that what subscribing stuff. is? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't even subscribe so to any YouTube things. This is No YouTubes. No YouTubes for you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, write a review. Do all those things. Do whatever it is these kids do. Yeah. Thanks. Ask we your, don't ask look your into niece it for or us. nephew what they do, and then do that. Exactly. Oh uh, yeah. So another terrible week. <laughs> uh, we're we've had what this week to distract us from the concentration camps. We've had a couple of more Nazis shoot people. <laughs> so grid times. Well, that's just a regular old week. Getting back to normal. Getting back to normal. I guess <laughs> it's uh pretty typical for america so yeah. hmm. but in the good side of news let's go positive route i saw the backstreet boys in concert as if i were 12 years old that's that's good news how was the concert was good i heard oh my God. it was really good really good yeah. i mean you would think that these aging boy banders wouldn't be able to dance but None of them are so overweight that they can't dance. They really kept true to their their beginnings. They were dancing and singing the whole time, and well, I would assume that it was their really their voices. But uh, and uh, they did a great job. It was a real show, and they were smart too, because like, sure they have a new album, but absolutely nobody has ever heard. So they would do like two old Z's and a one a new one. So it basically was perfect. You'd be like, all right, great song. Ooh, I need to go to the bathroom terrible song great time to, i mean not terrible i shouldn't say that song i don't recognize song i don't care about uh, i'm gonna go to the bathroom so it was really well played i think excellent they yeah they job. know what they're doing they do and it was great i got a got a couple of backstreet boys shirts so you know just in time just in time you know it's perfect good good did you see the the robot was it this is I saw like the robot. One. It wasn't moving. It was just sort of stationary. Yeah, I've I don't never know seen it actually active. I've only I ever seen it plugged seen in. I've seen it moving, and I was oh, like, what is smug, that? stupid <laughs> robot. <laughs> We've discussed how much we hate the robots already, haven't we? Anyway, okay. one of these days, someone's going to teach that robot what for. Some people have already, I think. Maybe. I am sure it's been pissed on. There's no <laughs> way. You know, obviously spit, definitely kicked and hit. But it I deserves bet all pissed. of it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. There's, there's enough of a homeless population downtown, though. <laughs> We'll have gotten to it. Yeah. And drunk people coming out of the arena. Exactly. So we're good. Yeah. How about you? How was your weekend? Uh, Just busy with soccer stuff. Painting soccer fields. Doing yeah, more that's things. That's right. Trying not to get heat stroke. Trying not to get heat stroke. Yeah. So yeah. Other than that, not a whole lot. Just busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Did you fire a coach? Uh, We may be firing a coach. <laughs> uh, it is uh, probably t- TBD today. TBD. So we'll figure that out. But uh, it's not my call. I, d- I just get to take his stuff if somebody tells me my, my boss has to tell me that we're, we're firing him and then we go along well it's not really a problem yeah exactly all right so this week is the last week before we take a little bit of a vacation we're gonna Vacay. be two weeks gone boop, so boop. if you don't get a new episode next week remember this episode that we won't be there next week. <laughs> what? So, okay. It, I know how you guys are sitting there refreshing constantly refresh, refresh, refresh. on your uh, podcast player. When is the new heating up? And next week you'll be sitting there. When is it? When? And then you'll have to remember back to the week before maybe when we'll, we told you. Maybe we should play some enough. clips of us complaining about every time the dogs have interrupted the podcast. Just a 30 minutes of us going, God 
damn it, why did they decide to start eating? There's nothing at the door! <laughs> they could just be 30 minutes of that. But that's next week. This week, we've got more news. More news. More news. And then we've got a little section uh, on how prepping, like some end-of-summer prep stuff. All right. Yeah. And then hopefully we'll get a decent amount of recording done. So we're going on vacation, but it's a working vacation for the <laughs> podcast uh, because we're going camping. And as we've said before, our camping is basically like a disaster Preppy. scenario. Only you enjoy it. So we're going to try out some new gear. We're going to test some skills. We're going to get Corinne lost in the woods. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, do all sorts of stuff. So we'll hopefully have some new, uh, fresh content coming in uh, in a couple of weeks. Headed your way. Headed your way. In the meantime, Corinne, hmm. are you ready for, for? the news? <sighs> yeah. Good news is it's light on actual disasters. Bad news is there's still a lot of bad news. Heavy on the death? No, not heavy on the death. We're not, okay, so did not include the school shootings because we, or the shootings, the recent ones, because we didn't really include them in the past. And that would be. said school shootings because they happen so often. Yeah. Your most common shooting. The weekly mass shootings that happen because there's white guys who, I don't know, are Nazis and angry and whatever. All those are, that's our other podcast, What's New and White Angry Nazis Today. But uh, this podcast focused on climate change or climate related news. Okay. So, anyways, last week. We had the second round of the Democratic primary debates. I didn't watch any of it. No, it's a cluster F. They have like 20 people up on the stage. They give them like 15 seconds to make a sound bite. It's a mess. Half these people need to go. And right. then Why do they waste their attention. time like this? Speaking of guys that need to go, one of them actually mentioned climate change. Who? So, well, climate change was mentioned a few times during the debates, but still it's only been like a grand sum total of like 20 minutes of uh, <laughs> talking about climate change at any of well, the Democratic Well, 15 debates. seconds at a time. I suppose 20 minutes is pretty good. Sure. But Andrew Yang, the uh, entrepreneur turned presidential long shot, uh, was asked about climate change or asked about, you know, preventing warming or whatever. And he basically said that it's too late to prevent it. Oh, no. Yeah. He said when it comes don't, to climate change, don't bother. Quote, we are 10 years too late. We need to do everything we can to start moving the climate in the right direction, but we also need to start moving our people to higher ground, which is both true, but also kind of like, okay, he got a lot of flack from people on the internet. A lot of Twitter folks said, what is this guy doing scaremongering about climate change? And if you're listening to this podcast, I think you probably heard that statement and we're like, well, that's a mild way to put it. Mm -hmm. But there's a vast majority of people who are like, wait, whoa, 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 what do you mean it's going to change our lives? We're going to have to move because of climate change? Mm. Um, but of course, Andrew Yang's big thing, his one policy is basically the universal income he's the guy who wants to pay all the poors a thousand dollars a month to fuck off so like he okay. says you know that the best way to, to get people to move away from the coast is to just give them that thousand dollars a month he said quote the best way to do that to which is to help people mitigate climate change or move from the coastline is to put the economic resources into their hands so they can protect themselves and their families Meaning, give them the basic $1,000 a month. Because most homes cost about $1,000. It'll be easy. You can get yeah. a buy button that. No problem. And since most of us are already doing great and can just move whenever the hell we want. 1000 bucks. I yeah, mean, easy California, enough. that'll get you, what, a closet? Yeah. <laughs> In the Bay Area, less than that. <laughs> Not even anything. So, Andrew Yang, he's got the, the real solutions on climate change. Uh, hopefully, he does not make the next round of presidential hopefuls well good try though buddy i love when a uh, anyone their thing is uh entrepreneur 
Yeah. I will never take entrepreneur to mean anything other than unemployed dreamer. <laughs> not just unemployed, because like a realistic person who's between jobs, th- that's they're not an entrepreneur. They're just a regular person. An entrepreneur, no, an entrepreneur is a homeless. Is a bit of a huckster. They're a homeless person. Not a homeless. They're a a unemployed person who thinks they're special. Yeah. That's what they think they are. Whenever I think of entrepreneur, I think of Entertainment uh, 720 or whatever yes. uh, from Parks and Rec. What's that is John Ralphio too is generous. perfect. Uh, they were almost too successful for what I imagine entrepreneurs. <laughs> All right, uh, this one is a disaster, though, Corinne. Okay. P- potential, I guess. Potential. The newly formed tropical storm is forecast to strengthen significantly this week and pose a serious threat to lives and property across Eastern Asia. Lakima, organized into a tropical storm on Sunday after becoming a tropical depression in the Philippine Sea, east of Luzon, on Saturday. Uh, the long range for the for Lakima is one of two tracks. The first would take the cyclone over the southern Ryukyu Islands with a slight turn toward China before continuing northward, with potential impacts across South Korea and Japan this weekend. The second scenario would take the cyclone sharply westward later this week, impacting the southern Riku Islands before tracking over toward Taiwan and eastern China, putting a large area at risk of flooding, mudslides, and damaging winds. So we should be tracking that next superstorm in the South China Sea. Interesting. Speaking of flooding, Corinne, over the weekend, major cities from Philadelphia to New York City to Boston found themselves flooded on Wednesday evening thanks to a series of thunderstorms that rolled through. Hmm. In Natick, Massachusetts, Natick? N-A-T-I-C-K. Natick. 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 Who knows how they say yeah. it. It's probably just Nat. Natick. <laughs> uh, a pregnant mother and her three-year-old son were trapped in their car when the vehicle stalled. I saw a few other cars going through the water, so I just thought, I'm next. But then it almost felt like I was a boat and I was floating. The mother, identified as Michelle Lopez, said, I'm eight months pregnant, so I just thought I would sit and wait. So... The smart thing was to sit in the car and not to try and get out into the floodwaters, but smarter Smarter would have been... not to drive through it. Not to drive through it. Never drive through floodwaters, guys. That'll be a pro tip for today, emergency tip. But I guess if you have no other option... I mean, I heard in, like, the Paradise Fires, there was people who were, like, every exit was blocked with fire, and uh, they basically were just like, I just have to just press on the gas and hope that there's nothing... You know, I get through the other side. So, to some level, you may have to if you have no other option. Sure. That's why you get an amphibious car. Because they're selling those yeah. everywhere. Exactly. With that $1,000 a month. That $1,000 a month. Get yourself a place, some food, amphibious car. What is it? Yeah. Amphibian. Are those cars that, there are cars that can actually yes. turn into boats. Or they have like, well, I mean. Those people, are mostly shuttles. Yeah. And they have them in If you got a shuttle, buy an RV. <laughs> then you live in your car. You don't even have to go home. RV. But do they make you RV can, boats? They, I'm sure they can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Depends. For $1,000 a month, they'll do anything, Corinne. <laughs> I know anything. That's the so riches much money. galore. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the riches, uh, this one I didn't put on my news because I don't count it as news, but maybe I guess we should. They're doing that Google Climate uh, Summit this week. Google so climate all the rich summit. and fabulous people are flying their private jets and uh, getting to this island where they're discussing climate change. And they're going to solve it for us. Oh, thank God. But the big thing is this year, people are shaming those that took the jets there. Okay. So, so the the rich and famous are taking their luxury yachts there because so, I guess that's better. I know Greta Thunberg, uh, Thunberg the, yeah, the, the teenager, teenager. Uh, who's involved in the climate strike, is taking a boat to the conference. Mm. Um, so Is it a yacht, though? I don't know. Just I still like her a lot. I like I her a lot. I'm just, yeah. Well, I mean, but, I do, but yeah, it's just she's pretty cool. One of those things where it's like, no, I'm taking my yacht to the climate conference. <laughs> good times, good times. Anyways, but I, yeah, I didn't even count that as news because 
I don't expect much to happen from it. Oh, Google's going to save us all. Of course, yeah. But anyways, yeah, back to the uh, the storm on the East Coast. In New Jersey, over 34,000 homes and businesses were left without power, and over 300 flights were delayed in Boston, so it caused them a lot of problems. I bet you, uh, what was that name? That guy Christie's house was just fine, or yeah. drove over the bridge, or what did he, that guy... Chris Christie. Chris Christie. I always think, like, that can't be it. <laughs> but that's his name. That's his name. Oh, that guy. All right, next news story, also out of Washington. The Trump administration said on Friday that it would delay about $9 billion in disaster prevention funds to Puerto Rico and the United States Virgin Islands, distributing the money separately from funds for the nine other states who received money in the package. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we had to, we've talked at length, I guess, over the past 30 weeks. About the ongoing fight over even giving them the money. And we finally... Well, because what are they? We just got to own them, you know? Yeah. We have to do anything for them, too? So finally, money was allotted to pay for disaster prevention and relief in Puerto Rico. And then this week, they announced, oh, we're actually going to give it a little extra scrutiny. And, you know, we won't give it with the rest of the money. This was uh, Ben Carson, the Housing and Urban Development oh, Secretary. Ben. Um, I mean, I know they make a lot of jokes about... You don't have to be a brain surgeon, to, but God, that guy's a monster. Yeah. The department did not specify a specific time frame for when the money would be distributed, but officials have said that the states would soon be able to apply for it, but with stricter oversight and financial controls are still being developed for Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that would be. I don't know why. What's different between them and the other ones? I don't can know. Can pinpoint it? No. I have no idea what's different between them and Texas. No. Arbitrary, I yeah. guess. Hmm. Hmm. Must just be, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Anyways, the Philippines was the deadliest country in the world last year for environmental and land activists. Who knew? Yeah, with at least 30 recorded deaths, according to a watchdog group. In a report published on Tuesday, Global Witness said that 18% of the 164 environmental-related deaths recorded last year took place in the Philippines. Yikes. Uh, it, for, this is the first time the Philippines has topped the list since the organization began documenting killings uh, linked to environmental and land protection. Why is it so high there? Uh, there was one big event uh, that I think put it over the top. Ah. Uh, but in, on average, la- last year, three people were killed in a week defending their land and their environment from industries such as mining, logging, and agribusiness well, around the world. not depressing in the least. Yeah, this is one of those things that people don't get is that here in America, environmentalists are very comfortable around the world even just trying to speak out to prevent the destruction of the planet the primary destruction that's happening around there people are being murdered in brazil like this does i really doubt that this even includes the indigenous peoples that are being pushed off that like right now the rainforest is just being gutted and the indigenous people all over there are just being murdered like they find like mass graves and stuff it's crazy so i doubt that includes that number these are just the people that are known for it all right speaking of protests Things are heating up over at the Manokia protests. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Thousands of people have swelled into the, the site, blocking the roads and desperately trying to stop the bulldozing of the sacred site we talked about before on Hawaii. The where telescope? Yeah, building a 30-meter telescope. The governor declared a state of emergency, saying, This is a long-term process, and we are committed to enforcing the law and seeing this project through. Aww. Which is code for get out of the way or we're going to shoot you. Meanwhile, leaders of the protest agree. Kanuakai Kanua, and I'm sorry about the pronunciation, uh, a protester on the front lines responded declaring his own emergency. We are in an emergency state, he said, and if we do not react to such, we risk losing it all. He continued saying, uh, we have prayed for a time when our people will stand again, where our people will come together. We will stop this desecration. 
We will once again take our place as the people of this land and gain control of the future. So the time is now. There is no better time to resist, to stand up. So, yeah, you can see escalating tension on both we sides We all agree there. it is an emergency. Yeah, exactly. They're like, uh, I think we have different definitions of what the emergency is. Why would is. the telescope be an emergency? It's not, the telescope isn't the emergency. The emergency is that there are a thousand people blocking the telescope. Right, but why is that an emergency to need... Because you need, need law and order. Right. Yeah. You oh need to God. get the people off the streets. It's for their own safety. Right, right, right. right yeah. Right, right. Anyways. Speaking of what the goddamn hell science story is, Corinne... We've okay. got another good good story about what could possibly go wrong with the world of science. All right. We have news that a team of researchers, led by Professor Juan Carlos Belmonte from the Salk Institute in the U.S., have produced monkey-human chimeras. A chimera is an organism whose cells come from two or more individuals, with recent work looking at a combination from different species. The word comes from the beast of Greek mythology, which has been said to be part lion, part goat, and part snake. Chimeras are seen as a potential way to address the lack of organs for transplantation, as well as problems of organ rejection. Scientists believe organs genetically matched to a particular human recipient could one day be grown inside of animals. Hey, maybe you could, uh, maybe that could be good. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, except for now you've got this now animal that's being growing. harvested for human organs, which well, is gross. Yeah, that's gross, but I had to say, like, this the like people having to sell their organs in other countries that that happens sure that, that's also bad horrible but i don't necessarily know if like this raising a monkey that. to slaughter it because it has a human heart in it is the great way to do it <laughs> anyways <laughs> the research was conducted in china quote to avoid legal issues according to the report <laughs> I nobody see no wanted to here. avoid the ethical hold on issues. that thing's got a human heart the no okay hold so, on it's got a human heart the conservatives will not allow this. It's a human heart, and that's, that's their they, big selling point with the fetus. Yeah, that is their selling point, but it's also in China, and there's nothing they can do. Yeah, so it wasn't actually like a monkey with a human heart. This was just cells. They were reportedly uh, did not allow it to develop beyond 14 days. Um, but in March, Japan lifted a ban on allowing such embryos to develop beyond that 14-day march and being implanted into a uterus meaning these chimeras can, if permission for an experiment is granted, be brought to full term. Okay, here's the thing, though. It just even if it's a collection of cells, that's a definition for, of baby to a lot of people in America. Sure. Uh, it is unlikely the animals, if brought to term, would take on human-like behavior, but the animals might not behave like, quote, normal rodents, these, uh, like these mouse-human hybrids that hmm. they're doing in Japan. And so there are some animal welfare issues, as well as the yuck factor ethical issues for making something more human. Clearly, this is a quote from a scientist here. Clearly, if any animal born had aspects of human appearance, their faces, their hands, their skin, then I would suspect, while scientifically very interesting, people might get a little upset with that. <laughs> that might be a little weirdsy. A little weirdsy. So this is how you get mutants. Uh, this is some good futuristic science weirdness. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that deserves a place like on a disaster podcast. I like that kind of podcast. problem better than uh, worried about... Slowly baking the planet correct. into a lifeless yeah, rock. I prefer that problem. You prefer the idea of some sort of like no, super like monkey-human murdering Deciding us? Deciding whether, like, the morality of that rather than, you know, or the possibility that our technology has gotten us to this point. Well, one of the interesting things that there's a debate going on about, like, essentially reanimating or re remaking uh, extinct animals right i don't know if we talked about it but they were talking about it with the woolly mammoth, woolly mammoth but that. the idea would be also like the rhinos that have gone extinct or um various other i mean 
a hundred of animals every day are going extinct. Just to make them extinct again. That's the thing I was thinking about. It's like okay, like yeah, even if we could save the polar bear, like its habitat is going to be gone, so it won't survive. Like is the whole point to just keep it alive only in zoos? Like that would be terrible. Like I don't know. Again, the ethical questions there, but that's not our decision, Corinne. That's on our other podcast, Animal Science Ethics Today. This is this is the climate change podcast. Right. There's going to be some, you know, crossover. Of yeah. So speaking of climate change, back to Donald Trump. Mm, America's hero. Donald Trump's leases on public lands and waters for oil and gas drilling could lead to the production of more climate warming pollution than the entire European Union contributes in a year, according to a new report. The Wilderness Our Society. Boy. Yeah. The Wilderness Society estimates Heat-trapping emissions from extracting and burning those fossil fuels that are on public lands could range between 854 million and 4.7 billion metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent, depending on how much development companies pursue. The 28 nations of the European Union produce about 4 billion metric tons of CO2 equivalent. These leasing decisions have significant and long-term ramifications on our climate and our ability to starve off the worst impacts of global warming, the group said. No duh. So, yeah. Donald Trump has, of course, opened up vast amounts of public land. Uh, let's see, 378 million acres of public land been given up for oil and gas leasing since Trump became president. Is he going to die ever? Is he one of those people who just, like, lives? I think he feeds on the blood of, I don't even know, everything. <laughs> it, that's what those immigration detention centers are for. All right. So, in potentially disastrous news, Karen, mm-hmm. India is stripping the disputed region of Kashmir of its special status. What does that mean? So, India and Pakistan have been fighting over the region of Kashmir ever since India and Pakistan were created. And it's one of those places on the globe where, like, if there's going to be a nuclear war, Kashmir is, like, where it's going to start. It's, like, Jerusalem, <laughs> Kashmir. <laughs> Because, well, both India and Pakistan are nuclear powers, and they don't have the same kind of, like, controls on who can fire their missiles and stuff. In fact, India has famously given control over nuclear weapons to the ground commanders, which is something that's crazy. But the regions uh, have been in internal conflict over Kashmir. Kashmir has kind of been given this kind of, like, autonomous designation. Like, India technically owns it, I think, but they kind of, like, let it be just they don't kick the hornet you know kick the hornet's nest (laughs) yeah but uh and that's called like article 370 and i'm not even going to pretend to know the details of all of this i won't pretend to be knowledgeable in this yeah but uh so article 370 allows the state to have its own constitution a separate flag and independence over all matters except foreign affairs defense and communications so they kind of allow Kashmir to be kind of its own autonomous country and they were just like yeah we're not going to do that anymore so well, they ran the military way like? up in there, shut off communications and power to places. They set up checkpoints. They're basically just like reinstituting Indian control over the region. Like in the middle of the night, it seems like. Basically. They're cutting off the internet, essentially. Yeah. And so Pakistan is, of course, not happy because Pakistan claims Kashmir. Right. And yeah, looks like the sort of thing that could easily spark a war, a war between two nuclear powers. So that's not great. And then, of course, if India and Pakistan get into it, China's going to have some influence because they're around there. And who knows what Russia's up to. And, of course, <laughs> Donald Trump might just decide to bomb whoever the hell he decides to bomb. So. That will have nothing to do with anything else. So that yeah. doesn't even really matter. Yep. I could spell disaster for us all. Oh, and our final story, Corinne. I'm look- I peeked ahead. This looks great. <laughs> A little bit lighter, uh, although also ridiculous. You may. We're in California here. 
and we've had plastic bag bans for a couple years and now the plastic straws are the thing people are targeting and it's a little i mean i get the intent right because we have way too much plastic but now people are carrying around straws in their bags yeah and i think like there's a lot of people who just get angry when you come for their plastic straws because they I'm just want to drink their them. soda in peace. I'm kind of one of them. Uh, they're like, the world is on fire. I lost my job. I'm not even getting my Andrew Yang money. All I want to do is drink this giant big gulp soda And you're going to give me a bamboo straw that cracks in half and, and is totally unusable. Soggy. Or is a paper straw that completely dissolves if you don't drink your soda in three seconds. Yeah. In England, McDonald's has been trying to do use paper straws after they rolled out the it, initiative. Mickey D. Well, here's the thing. Last year, they axed their plastic straws, although they, those plastic straws are technically recyclable, right? Just most people don't throw them or mm. don't recycle them. Mm-hmm. They've made new paper straws that are not yet easy to recycle, and so they tell people to just throw them away. Well, if they're paper, shouldn't they kind of break down really easy? They should break How down faster, but they're like super thick, and they, oh, like the recycling machine can't handle them because they're thick. I don't know. So, like, not only do they not work well, these straws, but they also didn't actually make a recyclable product. It's just goddamn ridiculous. They just start putting nipples on the top of these things. If only there was a solution, like lips, that humans could have that would work very well to prevent spilling of drinking Yeah, but you know people are touching the edge of that soda, and you're just hoping the straw is going to be one layer of protection from the rat piss that was, you know. On their hands? Uh, Just in the restaurant. In the restaurant. Or maybe just don't go to McDonald's. Great. I don't go very often, to be honest. But their fries are still pretty good. Can't deny that. That was the last news story I had for today. All right. Not terrible. No real disasters. Actually, not the worst. Yeah, not the worst we've had. I only asked for Snickers one time. Yeah. (laughs) No crying. No nothing. Hardly any crying. (laughs) So, yeah. News over. Boom. Pretty good. Pretty good. And then now we move into our kind of prepping section here. Let's hear it. So this one is a good one i thought to end because we're going on our little two-week break Mm -hmm. so i figured this one would be a good one to start today because it's kind of a project that takes a little bit of time and we've mentioned it a few times but a real good way to get started kind of in preparedness as well as just to you know level up your life is to do some gardening one of the things that you know we talk about a lot is you know there's going to be food shortages as climate change heats up so the climate is changing food production Mm. it's causing more flooding more fires more disruptions to the food cycle. So like the Midwest is a big story about how much corn and soybeans were just destroyed or not able to be planted because of the five, six months of flooding. Oh. And so there's going to be, you know, higher food prices for our products that contain corn and soy, which is like everything. everything. Yeah. But regionally specific stuff as well is going to happen. And just in general, as the cost of, you know, fossil fuels goes up, the cost of transporting food around the country or world is going to go up. So even your, you know, your food costs are going to start going up. The grocery stores aren't going to have everything. It's a good idea if you're interested in being a little bit more resilient in any way to start thinking about growing some of your own food. Even if you're just frugal, growing your own food is a good way to save money and to avoid you know, worrying about what's in the grocery store, what's, season, what's, you know, what's cheap. So yeah, so starting a garden is a really good way to start thinking about it. And it helps you kind of think about resiliency in another way. And this is a good skill to have. And just in general, an, a good idea for preppers. It's also like a classic prep. Like a lot of people want to be completely self-reliant. And to do that, you've got to be able to provide your own food. So gardening is the way. 
that's a little extreme, but even just for anyone, even if you're just living in an apartment, having a little container garden full of herbs means you never have to, you know, go out for rosemary. I was going to say, we're going to have to give the, give me a mini version here. Sure. I mean, there's scalable versions of this stuff, you know, and that's the thing. So we'll get into kind of the first steps, but assess your situation, figure out whether it's, you know, even possible. But for most people, it's probably possible to grow a small amount of food, even just a little something. And just having that skill is a good idea. So we're going to get into kind of how to start a garden real quick and easy in one day. Like one you day. listen to this podcast, by the end of today, you could have a garden going. Wow. Uh, side note, and you can cut this out because this is well-timed. Uh, when I was over here, you got pizza sent over. Some lady knocked on the door and was like, just wondering if you needed some help with your lawn. <laughs> I was like, nah, it's under control. <laughs> she looked at it and looked at me and I was like, thank you. <laughs> Love it. She looked at like she's like, I was like, no, no, we're good. She looked at the lawn, looked back at me, like, really? You're going to tell me no? Get out of here. Let me eat my pizza. <laughs> All right. So anyway. when considering a garden, here's the first step is one that I'm really talking to myself more than anyone about. Con- okay. And that is start small. Start small, Derek. Right. It's bi- it's easy to dream big about what you're going to do for your garden. Make some and big I've done this. planter boxes. Make some big uh, boxes plant a ton of like go out buy a bunch of seedlings or plants and plant way too much stuff and then having the work overwhelm you if you're brand new to gardening it's going to be a lot of work anyways so limit your expectations really only do like maybe one or two items and that's why late summer early fall is a good time to start gardening because there's a lot less stuff that grows over winter Hmm. So depending on where you are, the growing season for things, there are only a few options. The next step flows right into that, which is grow what you're going to eat. Yeah. Um, Don't grow stuff you hate. One of the first steps you're going to do is find a list of what grows where and and when. And it contains a ton of vegetables. Like for me personally, I love squash. I love zucchini. I love, you know, crookneck squash. I love all sorts of squash. You know who doesn't? Everyone else in my family. (laughs) My wife, my kids, nobody likes it. And so when I've grown it in the past, I'll have a ton of zucchini and it goes bad because I'm the only one eating it and I can't eat that much zucchini. So I have to be <laughs> now reasonable. Now you don't like zucchini. <laughs> I love it. I'll eat it all day. But I still can't just keep up with the massive production of a couple of zucchini plants. Yes. So grow what you're going to eat. So grab one or two things that you will actually eat. So for me personally, here in the fall in Sacramento, two things that you can plant in the next couple of weeks are going to be beets and like head lettuce, like, you know, lettuce heads. Beets? You guys do roasted beets on occasion yeah. in with other stuff. I like beets. Shirley likes beets. The kids eat beets. The Be- Bears beets, Battlestar Galactica. Something like that. So we're going to be Dwight Schrute. Who doesn't like Dwight beets Schrute? Beets and lettuce. Beets and lettuce. That's it. We eat lettuce. Like, sure, you could add other things to it, but I've got to cut it off somewhere. I was just thinking maybe basil. I could do basil nope. maybe. Yep. That's it. End of list. So do one or two things to start with. And honestly, just doing those couple of things will give you practice of like how to garden. And then you can expand over time. So as the one crop goes out, maybe do two things next time through. Once you get like a good handle on it. Exactly. Be like, I've done two seasons of this. Exactly. So start small. Start with things things that you will eat and eat a lot of. So like you can always eat lettuce. And you have salad all the time. Basil. I put that on garlic bread every day. Sure. Every day garlic bread. Every day garlic bread. (laughs) Great. You don't eat garlic bread every day. (laughs) Next up. uh, Use raised beds if possible. 
So this could be container gardening if you're in a small place like an apartment or whatever where it's literally on your porch where you just have a container and the, you know, there's no access to the actual earth. Mm. Or you can use a raised bed. So use whatever materials you have or you can buy a pre-made raised bed if you have the money. Or just use rocks or found lumber or whatever you might have, hay bales, something to get it up off the actual earth so that you it'll actually grow better because the soil will be a little warmer you'll have less weeding to do you'll have less uh less plants growing in there than you would if you were just on the ground so it'll be a little bit easier to do it'll be raised up so you're not hunching over as much mm. so raised beds is a good option to start with if you can't do it just till the so and you won't have to till you won't have to like pre-dig up all the ground which is a lot of work and just fill up the raised bed with brand new beautiful soil and get to work next up start composting as well Oof, stinky so again, start small, but if you're going to start with your small garden, start a very small compost section and it'll pay itself forward a million times in, in what you get out of it. So compost as well. Uh, the next one, start from potted plants if seeds seem a little bit hard. So like if you're not a green thumb, if you Quit are like, I've me. never kept a house plant alive for more than two days, somehow it dies. Listen. <laughs> I've survived in that apartment. I don't know what these plants are doing wrong. <laughs> Start with like pre-seeded plants. Like they already have little s- seedlings that have already, like a professional's already grown them for you. <laughs> Cheat coated it. Cheat coated it. You just got to put it in the soil and water it rather than the seeds, which can be a little harder. And some plants are very tough to start from seeds. Um, others are pretty simple, but for anything, if you're just unsure of it, you want to, you know, easy win, start from one that's already alive. Works. Works. All right, next up, learn from experts. So there are tons of gardening groups or clubs that I'm sure you can find on like Meetup. There are also all sorts of resources on the internet. There's local colleges. So like here in Sacramento, UC Davis has a huge ag program, which has a master gardeners program Mm. where these people that have been gardening for their whole lives, the little old ladies in the sun hats, will like help you and show you what to do and give you lots of lessons, which is nice. You actually got me a couple of years ago, like two years ago. The seeds. Um, not only did you buy me some seeds, but you got me a class yes. at a local farm. That's right. So we used to have a CSA box from a farm just down the river, and they were offering a gardening class, like Gardening 101. So I took that. It was a couple of weekends. I learned a lot. So the you know there's. Haven't used it yet. <laughs> I did use it a little bit, but it was another one of my false starts in the garden. I started the garden, planted some things, grew it, and then I let it die. So my problem is consistency with the garden. <laughs> I'll get one good harvest out of it, and then I'll stop. I like making Derek feel guilty about this. But either way, um, you know, there are tons of re- uh, experts in the area. Sometimes if you don't have room for a garden bed yourself, there are community gardens where you right. can, like, rent a plot. And the people... They actually have one in your neighborhood. Yeah. Not that far from here. Yeah. They have them all over the place. So look those up. And that's also a great resource for people who know what they're doing. So you go to the community garden. And you find somebody whose garden bed looks like it's the Garden of Eden. And you just wait for them to show up and be like, hey, how did you grow this thing? And nine out of ten gardeners are more than happy to help you. They want to tell you about it. Yeah. But yeah, so people want to tell you about it. Gardening's a, you know, great uh, skill to have. So my plan, like I said. Let's hear it. Is I'm going to clean up one of my beds. So I've got three. <laughs> yeah. Good goal. Just the one. I have three currently overgrown uh, <laughs> garden your, beds in my backyard. Your yards are feral. <laughs> full feral so i'm going to go out there and i'm going to clean out one garden bed and then i'm going to plant a couple of rows of lettuce and beets and that's it all right doable doable 
and then I'm going to slowly over time add stuff. So like by the end of the year, I hope to have maybe some broccoli or spinach going in there or but something else. But if you else. just have successfully done beets and lettuce, that's better than having Nothing. started 20 things and failed 20 things. Exactly. So the goal is to keep it sustainable. Sustainable. So to, to, to kind of do word. like two or three things. And then oh, now we're saying two or three. Oh, sorry, two? one or two, two things, and then add one and then add another over time I, as I can keep it up. I will commit to purchasing a basil plant, transferring it to a pot, and trying not to kill it. All right. So we've got a couple of weeks for this, Corinne, because we'll be back. And that is plenty of time for me to kill a plant. Yeah, also, you're going on vacation for a week there. Well, so gotta... actually, I don't have the time off, so we'll see if I make it to the <laughs> oh, vacation. Oh, no. So... All right. Sometimes you have to choose between the wedding you're in and the vacation you want to take, and sometimes you don't have a choice. Yep. All right. Well, either way. So that's our kind of uh, tips for this week. Here is right. go start a go, so start, go start a small your garden. garden. Yeah. Show us your garden. So again, take this challenge with us, just like the water preps and the food preps or whatever. Starting something really small. It does not have to be enough food for you and a family it of four to survive. Basil. It can be one basil plant. It can be a couple of uh, beets. It can be whatever. Start it up, put it in a container of some kind. You know, send us a picture of whatever you got going on. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it. And then, yeah, in a couple of weeks, we'll see how my plants are doing. So that's our and plant. And my plant. And your plant, <laughs> which we already know how that's going to go. Get it together. Yeah. Well, I even kill the plant. Why I know. It? I do feel bad. Every time I, like, don't pick, I, sometimes when I'm picking out plants, I'm like, don't pick the prettiest one. <laughs> Just go die. <laughs> just go to the one who's probably not going to make it already. anyway. It's not going to help your survival I'm rate. Just, it's, a, it's a retirement home, you know. <laughs> All right. So that's our plan going into the weekend here is starting a garden. And then, of course, the garden we already talked about a little bit. But it, it ties right into some of these other prepping stuff that we've talked about. It ties right into canning food. Right. It ties right into that, like, uh, long-term food plans. So... Yeah, it's a good way to kind of up your game as far as being resilient and getting ready for the future. I'll have to learn how to, like, dry out my basil and uh, use it as a, you know... Dried herbs. Dried herb. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Two uses. Fresh and dried. Fresh and dried. (laughs) Boom roasted. (laughs) Boom roasted. So that's our week this week, Corinne. Pretty light. I kind of like that episode. Yeah. It's okay. Less horrible than some. Less horrible than others. We didn't talk about... We didn't even talk about the camps. I didn't even say it. Yeah. We didn't even say the big word. All right. Thanks for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Two weeks.